Welcome to On Mike with Jordan Rich. Today, dreams. A huge part of our lives, our sleeping lives, affecting us in so many ways. Today's guest is all about interpreting our dreams and helping us all to understand their messages and their meanings. Today we meet Jim Villarreal, dream analyst and counselor to so many for decades. He's written and lectured extensively on the subject of dreams and was a frequent guest on my late night radio show in Boston. To quote a line from one of my favorite films, today's podcast is the stuff that dreams are made of. So let's welcome Jim Villarreal to join us on mic. We talk about how important dreams are, and we know Freud was a, was a big proponent of this, but your whole life's work has been about dreams. What impact do they have on our lives, Jim? One-third of human life, one-third of all human life on this planet is spent dreaming. An amazing thing. We don't eat for eight hours a day. We are literally one-third of our existence is spent with this amazing gift of dreaming and this uh, truly healing, deeply compassionate part of our existence is one of the greatest gifts we have. The fact that many people, maybe most, don't deeply understand it, but they live it. Some people remember more dreams, some don't. But I use the phrase on talks like this, that human beings dream 16 to 60 dreams a night. And the dreams cannot ever lie because they are the most honest, hidden, needing love parts of us. The most broken, frightened, maybe sometimes feeling a little twisted or ashamed. Those parts come up in the most brilliant Steven Spielberg-like <laughs> movies. And that's, that's what dreams do for us every single night. It is an amazing curative thing for us. At times of great national, international stress, we can turn to dreams, I say we collectively can turn to dreams yeah. as a source of relief, as a source of understanding, as a source of therapy. Is that what you're saying? That is correct. And it's, it's actually a source of enormous underlying underlying peace and there's a famous writer she said once she said inside each of us there is a place islanded and in that islanded place is endless regret or lasting happiness and lasting happiness and we do all of us carry hidden wounds and want to be wish it wasn't in the past but in that same, even deeper place is this quieting, this immense general quieting that's inside the chest of all beings. That's, that's written up deeply in my book. And that, that source of healing and peace is so needed in the world today in the very present with all the tumult politically and other things that that peace is always right there. You mentioned books, and you've written uh, your share, and you're also an artist and a lover of art. So much that we can look at that is inspired by dreams. Take away dreams, yeah. and we probably wouldn't have much of a culture. Oh, my, yes. Yes, indeed. And the fact that even in major, major sleeps, 
study uh, centers, University of Pennsylvania here. My beloved of 40 years, she worked there as an administrator in their uh, sleep center. They study apnea. They study different ways that people uh, are affected physically, but they know zero, zero and minus zero about dreams. They have no understanding or deep training in dreams, and it is a, a profound lack. It's like having a Lamborghini and you only think that it's a Model A Ford. Mm. Jim, we've talked about the idea that dreams can be recurring, and we'll get to nightmares in a second to see if there's any difference. But when someone has a dream that is constant, it seems to show every couple of nights, that has to be an alarm clock of some kind from the subconscious. Tell me more about that phenomenon. Oh, that's a very, very real thing. I'll give you an example. Um, Right now, in my, I have a large, beautiful home. Uh, I use a lot of ceramic heaters to make the room all toasty. And when I sit to my left, the ceramic heater, it glows right against my left side of my ankle. And because that's a drying heat, I get an itch. I get an itch. A dream that's recurring is like an itch that is begging to be taken care of. Today, when I was getting dressed and relaxing, I realized that I didn't put some cortisone on that itch. I actually took off my sock, gave that little gentle cortisone on there, and tried to take care of that itch. And an itch of a recurring dream, this is going to be a harsh example, is like a child, a little girl that's been locked in the basement for a long time in the cold dark and is banging and banging on the door saying, please listen to me, open the door, accept me, coddle me. And even though those dreams, even on your your television show, on your radio show in Boston some years ago, you had a guest in the studio who mentioned, oh, I've had a recurring dream for 49 years. And you looked at him and your eyes got big and I said, 49 years? He said, yes, very frequently. And uh, during a commercial break, you asked him, would you be willing to tell that on, on the air? And he said, oh, sure. Well, when he told this very unusual dream, And everybody's dream is their particular dream. No one, no dream expert or anyone else has the right to tell them what their own dream means. A dream therapist like me or a shaman like I often have been called, a dream therapist can only gracefully, with knee bent, step into that person's dream with permission and help them find the things that are broken there. And I remember that particular incident very clearly. The gentleman in question was somebody I I knew and invited in just to join us and to sit in. And it was quite dramatic and quite emotional. And uh, the level of stress with PTSD, whether it be returning veterans or just ordinary civilians with what's going on, the dream itself, is that a a, a release of stress? A good comparison to that is this. I've been doing psychotherapy, very depth psychotherapy, for 40 years. 
I have actually listened to 44,000 dreams of human beings. It's like stepping into the souls, the depth souls of 44,000 people. And sometimes people obviously are carrying deep, heavy weights. And I say to them, do you have any kind of sport that you play or like? And they go, me? No. I just watch TV and sit on the computer. And I say, well, how about walking? How about this or that? And the reason that I'm suggesting to them to do something physical, I happen to be a long-distance ocean swimmer, 45 years. I roller skate every Wednesday. I still play at age 77 full-court basketball. (laughs) But I say to them, please try comfortably to begin to move, whether it's a walk, hitting a tennis ball against a wall. Every time you move the human body, my left hand right now is kind of waving in the air. Every time you stretch, walk, human feelings are not as many people think, oh, it's right in my heart or my belly or my head. Human beings start at our big toe and go to the top of our head. When you move, any kind of movement, especially a a repetitive sport movement, you are releasing feelings. You're letting them not be all cramped. And dreaming is exactly that. It is the exercise of our crushed and pressed in soul. In the fourth step of AA, it says, your, your secrets are your poison, and you are only as sick as your secrets. And when you exercise the dream mind, it's incredible how wonderful it is that those hidden wounded things come up and peek out of the cellar and say, is it okay to be like this? Mm. What's really fascinating, of course, is the symbolic nature of dreams. I don't know of anyone who hasn't had the dream that they are late for class or haven't prepared or are missing their keys or their car or any of that. Oh, yes. Can you address the consistent themes and symbols that seem to show up? They might look different, but they're similar in nature. Yes, there is a, a very, very important song by Billy Joel some years ago. It was runner-up for the Grammy that year. Michael Jackson won it for I'm Looking at the Man in the Mirror. But Billy Joel's song was called The River of Dreams. Mm. And this lovely reggae song, very catchy, it's almost literally as if he studied dream work with me. He sings, Every night I go to the river of dreams looking for something sacred something taken from me in my youth, something I never would have given up on my own. That incredible Mm. insight. A dream can never lie. A dream can never lie. These tremendous symbolic movies that come up and in the search for our own sacredness, our own beautiful sacredness that was hurt, damaged, hidden in traumas or patterns of growing up. When people ask me, oh, Mr. V, people say, my last name is Villarreal, a little hard for some people. (laughs) So they all call me Mr. V. On my television show, it's Mr. V on TV. And they say, Mr. V, tell me, 
what it is that makes dreams have these symbols, have these movies. If I gave Jordan Rich and all the people listening to this podcast and myself the same intelligence test, we would all come out similar, around 90 to 110, nice, bright Westerners with too much intellect and logic, Hmm. and the emotional intelligence is pushed to the side. But all of us, the moment we let go into sleep, even a nap, even drifting off for a minute, and we let go of limited, waking, judgmental, I'm not good enough consciousness, and our intelligence blossoms instantly, 10 times greater. And the movies that we make and the symbols of being lost, the symbols of being feeling bad that something happened and it was my fault, those symbols of wounded carrying, they are common to all humans. I wonder sometimes, and someday I may do it, to go to Australia and speak to the Bushmen who have such a highly developed consciousness. I wonder what kind of dreams they have in their seemingly much simplified, less complicated life than we Hmm. Westerners have. Well, here's a thought. I've done a little bit of self-hypnosis and hypnosis work and meditation, very, very much a, a journeyman in that area. But it's fascinating when you are relaxed in a quote-unquote conscious or non-sleep state with the right help and assistance you can you can find yourself jumping into almost dreamland and i i think yes yes for me that's that's a, a thrill that's exciting you can you can go anywhere do anything Absolutely. is that in a sense connected to what we happen to what happens to us when we're asleep oh it is very very connected um a very wonderful new england dreams uh dream therapist, author, professor named Hartman, a colleague of mine and a close, good working friend years ago. He said at a lecture here in Philadelphia near my home, he said to the audience, he said, we think it's the dream state or the this state. There is really only one state. If human beings were birds, You'd say, what do they do? Well, they walk around, they lay on a couch. Oh, look, they're flying. Dreaming is the same being, the same being who's typing at the computer, who's talking to me on the phone with this excellent voice. Jordan Rich, I could listen to your voice if you read the phone book. Your voice is so <laughs> clear. It's, it's, it's like an echo of, of a bell you want to hear. And here... When we are dreaming, when we are daydreaming or in that quiet self-hypnosis state, it is the same being walking into another state. And in that state, and you said it feels like I'm dreaming, you are in a part of the human experience where reality is much deeper, much more honest when we're awake. All human beings especially Westerners, are built with so many defenses, so many porcupine quills, that you can barely get to the real Mm. person. Let me return to something I teased earlier, and that is the the quantitative difference, if there is any, between a traditional dream, if you will, and there is no such thing, I'm sure, and a nightmare, what we classify as nightmares. Absolutely. 
a nightmare is a super wake-up call. I'll give you an example. I live in a large home on a very beautiful street. My block, 500 block of Murdoch Road in Philadelphia, it has a picture in Philadelphia Magazine as the third most livable block in all Philadelphia. It's lovely. And if you're here, we have deer walking. We have gorgeous orange foxes at night. Even in the morning, a fox sitting on my back steps. And you say, wow, it's like an idyllic, beautiful place. And I happen to be up all night frequently. I'm writing till six in the morning, all night long writing recently. And if you're in the middle of that quiet, you can't hear a sound. You go out front, there's not even a leaf moving. And all of a sudden, this happened three three nights ago. I heard an explosion, an explosion in Mount Airy, loud explosion. And I waited. I grabbed my cell phone to call 911. And all of a sudden, a gunshot 30 seconds later. Oh, my goodness. There's trees around. And what is happening? When I called 911 in real life, waking, I said, the 911 answer wouldn't pick up. And I'm saying, how can they not pick up? I called it again. They wouldn't pick up. And I called the local police station. And in a, in a kind of a panic, I said, 911's not working. There's an explosion. That real life example that just happened. And the policeman alerted me to troubles again, uh, racial unrest and looting and things. But that's like a nightmare where there's this tremendous wake up that is begging to be heard in such a way that it's like a giant alarm going off. My house alarm here, mercy, a few times it goes off because I forgot to hit it quickly. It scares the life out of you. The building shakes. And that's what a nightmare is like. Urgent, urgent call. There is deep suffering down below. And if you'd like, I can even share a nightmare if you feel it's okay. By all means, if you, if you don't mind. Just the other night, uh, it was actually in the late afternoon. I had been up very, very late the night before, and I was doing chores. And probably around five o'clock, I said, I'm pretty extra tired. It's not just from sleep apnea, so I'll take a little one-hour nap. I set the alarm, and just before that, I had a, a loving, painful phone call to Mexico. My beloved of 40 years, she moved to Mexico from here 11 years ago and has lately fallen very ill, very troubled, a reaction, a bad reaction to a medicine she shouldn't have been taking. And I feel so concerned that she's suffering and that I'm even afraid she might have had a stroke, all this worry, but I can't run to rescue her. I'm here in Philadelphia, and because of COVID, I can't get on a plane, and my own physical health, I'm 29 years a heart patient, and I'm 77, so I better not get on an airplane or get COVID, and I'm so worried about her. Well, we have this gentle talk. I get off the phone and I take my nap. And this is the nightmare. I'm on a cruise ship, a medium-sized cruise ship. It's rather pretty. 
it's painted yellow and white, and it's there. And on the dream, a 14-year-old boy has had a disagreement with the haughty captain of the ship. And the 14-year-old boy has said, uh, I'm not going to stay on this cruise ship. I'm, I'm going my own way. And the boy gets off and gets on a little small sailboat, almost like the pictures that little kids draw, a little, little shape boat with one little sail. And he gets on there, and the boy is going to go his own way. And at the moment that he gets on that little boat and attempts to go his own way, to his right, a little behind him in the back, the entire cruise ship, there is an enormous swell wave comes up. It makes the cruise ship look like a toy. And the bottom of the cruise ship gets pulled under this massive cover the sky wave. And in a big whoosh, the whole ship is pulled under and sinks. Only the little tip of it, like in the movie Titanic, is sticking up. And it is a terrifying thing. And the little boy, 14, yells out, No! And when he's there, he said, What, what can I do? And now on that ship, this is my family and people I care for. And I know. Oh, and the boy thinks of reaching over and somehow trying to grab the front of the ship and pull it back up. But it's too big, a cruise ship. And he can see it now under the water, perpendicular. The whole thing is under the water, just down there. And sticking up, way up, is the smokestack, yellow and white. And right up above, right up above, is one little gray flagpole with no flag, a flagless pole. And the terrifying feeling that all those people drowned, and that hits this little boy taking his right hand to pull that up. Well, how impossible if he tries to do it, he'll get pulled under and be gone. What a terrifying dream. And I woke needing to go to the bathroom. I went and all the whole time, I can't wait to rush back to the bed and go back in and see the fate of the boat. What's going to happen? Will there be survivors? Oh my, what's going to happen? I consciously, I was awake, but I was genuinely, anxiously pushed. Go back in, try to go back in. I kept pushing five more minutes on the, on the little alarm clock, five more minutes. I wanted to go back in desperately to see about the survivors or maybe if I could rescue someone. Jordan, what do you think of that as a nightmare three after four afternoons ago? Well, I, I have one thing to say. The way you tell the story is terrific. You're a great storyteller as well as a recounter. But the thing that really impresses me is the fact that you did what I and many people want to do, and that's go back in after yeah. waking up. On occasion, we're able to do that, which is absolutely mind-blowing to me, at, that we can have a, a, like a movie sequel. Uh, we want to know the cliffhanger is here. What's going to happen? Oh, yes. And this dream, which was so powerful, imagine a person only asleep for, who knows, just a few minutes inside the dreamland. Oh, my gosh. There's no such thing as time. 
And even though out here we're always looking at our clocks and times and cell phones, on another part of today's talk, perhaps I'll mention about the real non-existence of linear things. There is no such thing as linear existence, though we live by that. And in a dream, boom, there's no time in there. You can dream a 10-year-long dream in an instant. Another uh, aspect that we haven't touched on is the fact that not all dreams are shattering to the nerves. Some dreams make you feel damn good. <laughs> yes, they I mean, there, oh. there are ice cream sundaes with huge dollops <laughs> of whipped cream. I mean, seriously, there, I've had dreams that I wake up thinking, oh, was that a sweet place to be or a wonderful getaway. Oh, yes, In yes. a sense, Jim, are they are they offering us a treat? Uh, we've given you enough warning and we've reminded you about things. Here's a little yes. mush for the mind. Enjoy. <laughs> oh, you know, this is a magnificent thing. There is a YouTube video, which we've mentioned each time we talk, a YouTube video that's five minutes long. It's a, it's a movie about my work, one of the aspects of my dream work. Here in Philadelphia, it's been viewed 600 times on television. And this site for the YouTube video is the three words, dreams with an S, Final edit. When you go to Dreams Final Edit, this five-minute movie took 31 hours to film. It's filmed at the ocean with special effects and special music. And when people watch it, they say, well, what's the big deal? It's, It's a nice, quiet beach scene with lovely waves coming in gently on the beach. That's pretty close, Jordan. That's pretty close to what mm. happens in our dreams. And when you said the comforting feeling sometimes, oh, yes. <laughs> those waves, those gentle waves. And look at me, who's been 45 years from late May till November, a long-distance ocean swimmer. I do things that no one should do unless you're highly trained. I swim in the middle of the night One o'clock in the morning, I go out a quarter of a mile by myself, look for a lateral current and let myself go. Very quiet, very soft. I can even, I'm so buoyant, I can even sleep on top of the water for almost a half an hour, sound asleep, being rocked and lulled. And when the dreams, real, real dreams come in like waves, they are never judged. The beach has its open palms receiving a tsunami, yes, a tiny little curved wave, tremendously loved and accepted as is. That Mm. is critical. That's so poetic. By the way, he does this, folks. I'm not dreaming. He is in there swimming at one. How do you stay warm, though? I mean, isn't the water a little on the chilly side? For me, in late May and early November, too, the water, for me, once it's 60 degrees, I'm okay. In uh, Southern California, one year at a going to a conference there, I swam across in Santa Cruz. I swam across a huge bay, and the water was 58 degrees. Well, I know when I got out, my core was cold, and it took days to get me mm. back warm. But normally, 60 degrees after a couple of minutes of getting used to it, and I'm good for an hour staying in that water. Good for but you, man. That's something beautiful, Jordan, 
about those waves when they come up on the beach, those dreams when they come up are never, ever judged. Not once in our existence is one of our dreams told, get back, you're no good, you're too ugly, you're the wrong color, wrong size. You happen to be, in case the audience who's going to listen to this doesn't know, that Jordan Rich is six foot nine. He's like Michael <laughs> Jordan, and he's this muscular guy. And no, he's not. Jordan Rich is about as tall as you, Mr. V. He's about five seven. And yeah. and the thing is, doesn't matter what size you are. You don't have to be Michael Jordan, nor do I, because as is the famous singer, whom I do have a little bit of distant dealings with, John Legend. We all know who he is. Mm. He's cover of Time magazine last year as one of the 100 most influential human beings on earth. And right now, above my large fireplace, there is, in a beautiful, gifted piece, the words, the title of one of his most famous songs. And the song title is, All of Me, All of Me Loves All of You. The second line in that song is what does happen in every dream. And the second line is this. I love your perfect imperfections. My God, isn't that what every human wants at every second? What we always enjoyed doing on the radio and now doing here is allocating a sense of freedom and a sense of understanding and a sense of fairness to those who have dreams because many people were reticent about sharing their dreams they're embarrassed oh, yes. they're frightened yes. they think that you'll call them crazy not you but and and maybe sure. there are people who do that but i love the fact that you're inviting people to to make friends in a sense with their dreams yes oh that is a beautiful saying make friends with your dreams there's a book sitting by this big house in I happen to have the habit of laying things on the left edge of the stairs, things I need to go upstairs, things that are meaningful to me. And a book that's on the fifth step, the cover of the book is the title, Dreams Are Your Dearest Friends. Mm. What a title. The book I, itself is not as meaningful as the title. I didn't even know that. See, this was not rehearsed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, uh, I want people to know that uh, we've been friends for many, many years. For folks who want to contact you or look you up or whatever, yes. what's the best way they can do that? The, the, the YouTube video, Dreams Final Edit, the five-minute piece, has my email mm -hmm. very, very clearly at the end of it. And Perfect. I'll say the email now. Sure. The email is dreams within, excuse me, dream, the word dream, D-R-E-A-M, followed with no space by my last name, Villarreal, spelled V as in Victor, I-L-L-A-R-R-E-A-L, dreamvillareal at verizon.net. Excellent. Uh, I can definitely respond to emails or, or refer people to other beautiful things. It's at this time in the world, Jordan, if I were to say to you, I'm putting you on the spot, if you could say, what does this country, what does the world 
what does the world need at this very time, this moment of this world's existence? What does the world need right now? The world needs to take a long, deep, calming breath. I think yeah. people are so excited and, and not yeah. in a good way, are so quick to react and not to listen and to just calm down to the point where they can hear that inner voice and that inner voice, yes. which hopefully says, go with kindness as opposed to the alternative. Jordan, the nature of you, and I know who you are, we've spoken many times off, off, offline on some beautiful deep things that both of us are going through. The topic of today was mental health and dreams during the time of COVID. Right now in this world, it is as if the lights have gone out and we don't even have fire or light yet on the earth and there is fear everywhere. Mm. And this giant fear of the COVID disease coming and killing us, we're wearing masks, we're social distancing, we're hiding in our homes. We are walking around with the fear of death like the plague in Europe, twice in Europe in the Middle Ages. Mm -hmm. One third of all the people died. My gosh, and today we have this disease, this plague. We don't know all how it's going to get us. And when you take a level of that kind of trauma that you don't know how to handle and it's making everyone feel helpless and frustrated, that opens up the door to all our hidden traumas, all the things that we've never dealt with. As you know, the trade, trademarked word that I use in my work, unbirthdays. When a trauma happens or a trauma pattern to a young child, you do not have any more birthdays. You're stuck at that age. Mm. Then another trauma, the other trauma later, and they're all in layers. And when present day, COVID and other things, especially the COVID, happens, it's too much and it opens the door to all the buried traumas like a big tsunami and we're overwhelmed. And that, you happen to speak about it. I want the world to take a deep breath. What an image, take a deep mm. breath of a dream and reach inside to that immense sacred presence that is the center of all being and let that presence be the beach to openly, gently comforting, accept all the mixed PSD traumas that are flooding everyone. Let that presence, it happens every night and every dream, every daydream, quietly breathe the same breath with that presence and let that gentleness flow back out of you, that safety from that beautiful presence within everyone. So well said, and so well documented by this man who's made his career, a dream career, if I can use quotes around that, uh, helping people, sure. helping thousands of people. James Villarreal, it's always a pleasure. We'll do this again, I promise. We'll have you back because there's so much sure. we, we just sort of teased and didn't get to. But I wish you, as always, the very, very best and uh, sending you love and, and good luck to your, your beau and all the others in your life. Jordan, it's, um, it's a connection that's never severed. This connection that we started years ago in the middle of the night on your other show. I was a call-in person calling into Jordan, and we started this tremendous journey of dream work for the whole world. 
thank you, Jordan, for having me on and a, a quiet blessing to your family and you. My thanks to Jim Villarreal, Dream Analyst. His film is called Dream Final Edit. Just type that into YouTube and you'll find it. Dream Final Edit. And you can email him directly at dreamvillareal at verizon.net. That's D-R-E-A-M, Dream, and then Villareal, V-I-L-L-A-R-R-E-A-L, dreamvillareal at verizon.net. Thank you to those who make the podcast possible, including Dan Tebow of Fast Twitch Media, Ken Carberry of Chart Productions, and certainly thanks to all of you for subscribing and downloading. And don't forget, you can give us a rating and a review, which will help spread the good word as well. So until next time, this is Jordan saying, as always, be well so you can do good. Oh, and one more thing, pleasant dreams. Take care.